Paul's second letter to Timothy 2 1-10. Timothy, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier on service gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to satisfy the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will grant you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descended from David, as preached in my gospel, the gospel for which I am suffering and wearing fetters like a criminal. But the word of God is not fettered. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation in Christ Jesus with its eternal glory. Dash, dash, dash. This passage begins with a beautiful term of endearment. Paul did not see himself as an overload or a tyrant, imposing his will upon his underlings. Timothy, a young pastor, was like a son to him and he encouraged him to base his life upon that which Jesus Christ accomplished for the restoration of all creation. In addition to this, he calls Timothy to teach what he has heard Paul teach. It is interesting that Paul does not appeal to the written word as that which is to be taught, but that which Timothy heard Paul preach. In successfully passing on the verbal tradition that he heard from Paul, the gospel would continue being passed on through other faithful men. Remembering that Jesus Christ promised that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church and that the Holy Spirit was given to the church to protect and guide her, we see also the responsibility of church leaders to continue preaching and to appoint faithful men to continue to do so. Paul shifts into a series of metaphors on what it means to be faithful. Just as Jesus Christ suffered for the salvation of man, so too will his faithful followers suffer simply for being faithful. The man of a Christian worldview will be regarded as strange and possibly dangerous to the culture in which he lives and because of this he will be persecuted. An athlete, who by definition takes hardship upon himself in order to be crowned with success needs to follow the rules of the game. The athlete will not finish the competition and certainly will not win if he does not train hard, suffering to earn the benefits of exercise. Those who follow the rules of the game will finish the race. Those who work harder will be more successful than those who do not. The farmer who works hard, who prepares the ground, who understands how crops grow, how weather is an important factor and who knows when and how to harvest, will enjoy the benefits of his labors. Providing for himself and for others. In all of these metaphors, we see that human responsibility is of prime importance. Jesus' work of restoring creation was not a matter of universal salvation in which everything is made right and man receives all the benefits. Like the soldier, like the athlete, and like the farmer, the Christian is called to labor and to understand the reality that is our life in the new covenant. Jesus' work has restored man to a right relationship to God and freedom from the power of death. Now that man is in that place of restored relationship, it is his responsibility to love God and his neighbor. The transformative work of striving after holiness is a labor that will bring about faithful behavior, will bring about success in the race toward holiness and will bring about results in one's own life and in the life of others. Paul calls Timothy to think over what he had taught him and in doing so, can know that God will grant him understanding. The Christian life is not one of simply being nice. It is a lifelong exercise in love of God and love of neighbor. It is an exercise in understanding what Jesus has accomplished on man's behalf and it is a life of productivity and growth. God has given us the Holy Spirit within the church to guide us on the path to holiness. Being part of the body of Christ is to be part of the church. Paul did not create a series of disconnected congregations across the Mediterranean to figure it out on their own. Each congregation as part of the church is unified in the love of God through the work of the Holy Spirit, bringing love and life to the known world. It is not about following rules and being punished for not following those rules. 
it is about striving after holiness in order to be truly and fully human, imitating the life of Christ. Paul reminds Timothy that even as he has been faithful in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, he is undergoing great suffering. But even though he is in jail at the moment, the gospel is not. The preaching of the gospel is not dependent upon any one person. Each person is a part of the church and each person has his role to fulfill. As Paul has preached the gospel and led multiple congregations to faithfulness, the gospel continues to grow and spread. As the Holy Spirit has been given, not just to a small number of people, as he was in the Old Testament, but to the entire body of believers in the church, to all men baptized into the new life of the new covenant, that the gospel will continue to spread and the world will be transformed. Paul closes with a comment that is often misunderstood. He refers to the elect and how he is suffering for their sake. During the Old Covenant, the elect were defined as those who were part of the people of God, the Israelites. Those outside of the nation of Israel were considered the not-elect. With the death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, that distinction has been done away with. There is no longer Jew and Gentile. Jesus' work is universal and comprehensive. He has destroyed the power of death freeing all creation from its dominion. The elect to whom Paul refers is all of creation. The Gospel has gone out into the world and has done so because the Apostles have sought to be faithful to the work that God has called them to accomplish. Paul has been faithful to that calling, has suffered for it and has gladly done so, so that eventually all men will have heard the Gospel. As Paul says in the closing sentence, it is through the Gospel of Jesus Christ, given to mankind through the Apostles that men will obtain salvation. Death has been destroyed and now it is man's responsibility to hear the Gospel, to embrace the Gospel, and to strive after holiness loving God and loving his neighbor.